Welcome to the Apawa Baptist Podcast. If you'd like to find out more about our church, visit us on any Sunday or online at opawa.org.nz. Why do we call it we, not me? Why do we call it we, not me? It's an interesting thing because I've had a question asked this week. What, isn't it about me as equally as it is about we? Yeah. No. Psalm 23. A lot of you know this psalm. Those of you who have been Christians for a while have read it. And even those who aren't would have heard some parts to it. It says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and so on. Take a moment and read that. And then I want to ask you, what is the key phrase in this whole psalm? Sorry? Faith? No? 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 Uh, no? Should I just let you guys know? It all hinges on that. With me? All that is written there is for his name's sake. We tend to look at that and think of what, because it is about us. It's what he does for us. You know, I, I lie down in green pastures, I'm behind, beside still waters. I am well looked after. I am well cared for. But what is the purpose behind that? To glorify God. Yeah, exactly. It's a funny thing, but you know, you are not your own. You are not your own. That is something we tend to forget as Christians. You see, we have this thing. Um, when it comes to salvation, it's all about us. It's Christ who died for us. Um, in salvation, we find a hope, a future, uh, a, a promise. Uh, our lives are changed. It's all about us. But the moment you come to that next step out of salvation, it becomes all about him. And what happens for us as Christians sometimes is we get stuck on the salvation part, that it's all about us. But as we grow maturer in Christ, the us tend, or the me tends to disappear and it's just all about him. With me? Yes, inevitably, we are unique and he has created us unique. That doesn't mean we lose our uniqueness. But our focus and our purpose doesn't become me anymore. It becomes him. And that's why we talk about we, not me. Because part of the we is the calling of God. 
He has called us to be a we, not a me. He has called us to be together, not alone. He doesn't say, I will work through you alone. I will work through you all. When he sent out the disciples in Matthew 28, he's not sending one out. Who is he sending? All. We is a very important part of who we are. And our identity has to be closely tied to who God is. Salvation, all about me. Christian walk, all about God. With me? And this is important because it will have an important um, effect on what we will be talking about this morning. Our series, We Not Me, is really about the church. What is God's intention for the church? We talked about that in the first couple of weeks. What is church? And we came up with some pretty good responses. And we talked about, well, what is God's intention or expectation for his church? And we, we, we kind of hashed that out. Now we're kind of getting to, to the ground of work, you know, and saying, well, over these next few weeks, we're going to talk about some, some stuff that we do as a church, like uh, communion like uh, fellowship or baptism or membership or worship and, and all these things that we honestly sometimes take for granted. But there is a purpose behind it. What does it mean? Why do we do it? Why do we do it the way we do it? What is it that, that kind of makes us move? Last week we talked about ministry and uh, that was quite an interesting discussion. This week... We're going to talk about something that is a bit of a challenge for some of us. And I want to ask you, what are your thoughts on church membership? What are your thoughts on church membership? What's the Bible backing to it? What's the Bible backing to it? Hmm. Where does it come from? Where does youth ministry come from? Sorry? A need? Yeah, definitely a need. But where does Bible, uh, biblical membership, uh, church membership come from in the Bible? Sorry? We're a body, but I don't need to sign up for it, do I? Jesus? Uh, it's, let's be honest here. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. There's nothing in the Bible that tells me that we need to sign up. Like, I need to have a role and we need to have membership. But then again, there's nothing in the Bible about youth ministry either, is there? I mean, it's, there are some things we do um, that, that's not in the Bible, but we assume that if we look through it and we read through it and we, we, we do good exegesis, we figure it out. Who has one of these things? Oh, citizenship, okay. okay. Most of you have it, and some of you have no choice in it, but uh, you're just born into it. But, you know, we all sign up for these things, right? I just uh, signed up for Weight Watchers. Oh, great, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm the one that loses the money. Well, I've got a lot to lose, actually. <laughs> you put it that way. <laughs> well, 
Next year I'll be the one, you know, showing the clothes off, you know, anyway. <laughs> um, but, you know, when you sign up for any of these things, okay, we don't think about it. Who's got a grocery card? I've got a countdown grocery card, okay. Uh, I'm a frequent flyer within New Zealand. I'm trying to rack up all my air points as much as I can. Um, you know, citizenship, well, I might have a choice, but I'm proud of it. Um, and when I'm eligible, I'll almost probably sign up to be a Kiwi, an adopted Kiwi. I wear black, so I must be part of this nation. Um, you know, we don't think about these things. Even a driver's licence. Oh, OK, we, you know, insurance policy, we're not too happy with that, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, each and every one of those things actually has a term of agreement when you sign up. Did you know that? We don't read the fine writing, but... On all of those things, there's actually a term of agreement. There is an assumption that when you take up a library card, that you will act in a specific way with this library card. Even with the grocery store card, there is an actual term of agreement. I went to Countdown's website and took a look at it. It's like 30 pages long. I don't understand three quarters of it, but there's a term of agreement. Um, of course, a driver's licence, when you get one, you, you actually sign up with a term of agreement. Now, we don't think much about these things because they're a natural part of our lives. You wouldn't question it, wouldn't you? But yet, and this is not just here, so I'm not, I'm not challenging, well, maybe I'm challenging some of you here this morning, but this is a, a global issue when it comes to church membership. I have some people staunch who will sit and tell me, no, I refuse to. Why? It's not biblical. Well, neither is getting a grocery card. So why, why, is this, why is there this, this thing? Why do we have an issue or a stigma with church membership? Anyone want to shed some light on that? We don't want to commit ourselves. We don't want to commit ourselves. Accountability. Accountability. Responsibility. Well, I don't know. I've known some people that have refused to do church membership, but they've been pretty responsible. And they've been held pretty accountable. It might mean I have to do some work. I'd get you to work whether you're a member or not. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a funny thing. There are people that would actually take a very strong stance on this and say, no, no. And part of it may be accountability and responsibility, but there's some people I know, and I know well, and it's not that. It's not that. See, when we go back... Sorry? You can get all the benefits without joining the club. Get all the benefits without having to really join the club. Yep. Somebody else was saying something? Oh, we don't want to. No. I mean, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, you don't. Um, no, you don't. With, with Anglicans, you're born into it. They have a, they have a very strong... Pro, well, very the typically Catholic view that you're born into it. Like the Catholic Church as well, you don't sign into it, but they do keep a roster of your name when you're baptised into it. So the moment you're baptised into it, you're actually part of the membership. Um, it's an automatic assignment. And for Anglicans and Catholics, it's kind of tough because you, you're baptised when you're a baby. <laughs> so you don't have much toys in the matter. Uh, sorry? Until you came to the Baptist Church. Oh. First time. Yeah. 
You stalled for six years because you thought... Until God tells me to... Took him a while. <laughs> what is up with that? Um, one of the biggest problems we face in our society today is the greatest unchecked sin we've ever known in our age. Guess what it is? Close, but not. Commitment was the one that was said. Apathy. I mean, these are good responses, but no, that's not what I'm looking for. Consumerism. You know what consumerism does? It turns the focus onto me. With me? We all, all, everyone in this room suffers from it. None of us here uh, are immune to it. We all suffer from it. When Priscilla and Aquila left Rome and went looking for to go to a church in Corinth, did they church shop? There was only one church. Did they have a choice? There was just the one church. Oh, I'm in Corinth now. I don't like this church. I don't, I don't like what's going on here. Well, tough. It's the only one in town. <laughs> um, over time, what happened was, well, I don't like it. I'll start my own. You know, and then over the years and over the ages, you know, you've got denominations now with Anglicans and Baptists and all these different things that are around the world. And now I get to choose whether I like a church or not. And now, you know what, I don't really need to commit to that church because if I don't like what they've got for me, then I can move on to something else because they've got a great youth group over here, but I love their music here. And the preacher, he's good looking and great and he can really preach, you know, so I think I'll go to that one. I've got people who listen to our podcast, who don't come to our church, who get mad at me because the podcast is not up in time. And I say to him, what church are you going to? Oh, I'll go to this other. Why? Because they've got great music. And, you know, I, I just like that church. But I love your preaching, Rob, because they don't preach that well there, but I figured the whole experience is better there than here. And you're sitting there going, what? What is the driving force behind you going to church? What is it? Is it what I get out of it? And it's not in a sense, our fault, because culture, society is what drives us, in a sense. And that driving force is, you know what, go with telecom because they're uh, 50 bucks cheaper and they'll give me more channels on my television and I'll get more minutes on my phone, so I'll go with them. Oh, but Vodafone has just topped that up. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm boom, 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 boom. So airlines have figured out, what do we do to keep our people? Give them air points. Give them mega air points. We'll give them 500 free air points. To and at the end of the day... You are driven like the tide. Wherever it goes, I go with it. And church is the same. What, what brings me here has to be one only thing. God, he has called me to this place. Now, I don't like the music, and the preacher's really not that good looking. And, and really, he's Aussie too, which is just... Oh. Yeah, but hey, God has called me here. 
And, you know, the person next to me snores every time they preach in here, and I can't stand it. But that's my brother and sister, and we're working here together. Do you know what I mean? We've lost that. It's Psalm 23. We read, oh, yes, the, the still waters and the, and the green grass, and we forget that little for his name's sake, which is so small, lodged into that little beautiful psalm, that everything we do is for his name's sake. That's, that, that's an issue. Now, I could go on with consumerism and all that, but we need to talk about, biblically, where does this whole membership idea come from? Because, you know, Rebecca made a good point. Where is it in the Bible? And when I asked you guys, you're all kind of sitting there, I don't know. Some of you are saying, I've never had it anywhere else before. What's going on? Well, there is no actual verse that says you must do this. But there are certain things that the New Testament church was doing that, that, you know, you could say, hang on, there's a bit of structure here. There's a bit of formalization of things here. For one thing, they had lists. They actually held lists of people. One was for the widows, for example. Uh, and then you had to have qualifications to be a widow. It wasn't just enough to be a widow. You know, you had to be of sound uh, you know, theology, you needed to believe in God, and, and you, you, know, you, you, you weren't you know, to have committed adultery. And there were so these little things, and they kept these lists. These were the people that we cared for and looked after. So in a sense, there's a formalization of the people that they are looking after. And those people, in a sense, have committed themselves to being looked after by this group. There's another thing you read in the Bible. There was an inside and an outside. There was people inside the church who were part of the group, and there were those who weren't. You read that quite often. I mean, it's quite clear in Corinthians, but you read that quite a lot in Acts. You know, there is a church, and they are people who are part of it, and then there are people who are not part of it. And you see them being saved and brought into the church. With me? There's this inside-outside view. There's also the fact that people knew who belonged and who didn't belong. There were certain requirements to being a part of the church. In 1 Corinthians, they're dealing with a person who continually sins and refuses to be called up on it. So they cast him out. They belonged or they didn't belong. So there was some structure, some formalization of who they were. Um, there's also people giving up their autonomy to submit to the leadership. And you see this very clearly in the New Testament church. It's not just a physical, I'm going to hand my property over. It's, it's a, a spiritual saying, I'm going to be led by you. And again, there's that almost formalization in some of the aspects, especially in Acts. You see that in Hebrews in particular as well, where people are formally submitting to the leadership of the church. Leaders are held accountable by God for the people they are called to care for. Who are the people they're called to care for? They must know. So in a sense, there's a knowledge of who it is that they are responsible for. If I'm a leader, I need to know who God has called me to look after. How do I know that? You know, so these are small things. And the last thing, there were letters of recommendation. 
going around. Paul, you know, gave a letter of recommendation to Apollos. Hey, go, buddy, and tell, I'll write a letter to the church. Look after him. You know, so there's, there's, there is a structure, there is a formalization in the New Testament church. They don't just do things to do things. There's actually quite a, an interesting structure in that. You with me? I think the question, more importantly, isn't whether it's biblical or not. What's the goal of it? What's the purpose of membership? Because I think if we focus on that, I think we'd get a better understanding of it. Why would we have membership? One of the reasons why the Anglicans and the Catholics don't is because there is an assumption from their point of view that the majority of people are already a part of their flock. In fact, the Catholics just assume that because you're born into a Catholic family, you are Catholic. There's just a complete and absolute assumption. So the Anglicans are a little bit, you know, they wait till you're baptized in, in most cases. But, but in the case of Catholics, it's just, just an assumption. You're born into a Catholic family, you're Catholic. Which is why they, they boast such high numbers. You know, um, they assume that I'm still Catholic because my dad was Catholic. But, but I'm not. <laughs> okay. We don't do that. As Baptists, we, we don't do that. We don't make that assumption. So, what are the goals of biblical church membership? I think the question needs to be asked a little differently. If there is no membership, how does a church deal with accountability? If there's no membership, if there's no agreement between us, how do we deal with accountability? It's, it's, it's not easy for a leader, and I can tell you this, to go to somebody and hold them accountable to something when they're not really a part of what's going on around. I'm going to give you the hand. I've had that happen a few times. There's no accountability. Leadership, how do you define the leadership in a church if we're not agreement together of where the church is going? Baptist churches are slightly different from Anglican churches where Anglican churches... There is an overarching uh, hierarchy that will tell ministers who's going to be the minister of certain churches. We at Baptist churches, it's the actual people in the pews that actually make that choice. So the question for us then is, how do we define that? I could be here for a couple of weeks and I'll put my hand up for a leader, leave this place, go to another church, put my hand up for another leader, go to another church and put my hand up for another leader, but never ever be involved in any of those churches. But yet I've had a say in who that leader is. You with me? So the, 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 the relationship with the leadership is, is, is it's important that, that the people that are coming together to make these decisions are on the same page. They're, they're committed to it. The other thing is trust. How can I trust that you're actually in on this? It's one of the biggest problems we have in church today, especially in Baptist churches. One thing I'm envious of other denominations, is the level of trust is a little bit higher. Because churches, even though we all go through our problems and stuff, those churches tend to have a hierarchy that, that looks after. Uh, sometimes not in a good way, but most times in a, in a good way. And so the, 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 the congregation can relax on that. For us as Baptists, we've got to make those decisions. We've got to do this together. We've got, we're the ones with the, the hands on the ground trying to make the soil grow. We're here to work. And, and so how am I going to trust that you really are with me on this? 
and that you're not going to take off tomorrow, which happens often. I can't tell you how many times as a leader I've worked so hard with someone. So hard. You know, you're pouring your heart and, and you know, you're happy that they go to another church. It's not a bad thing. Hey, they're going to church. It's cool. But there is a part of you that just says, oh, man, all that effort. And they're gone. <laughs> because I don't have a good youth ministry or I don't have a good music service. Really? I thought it was more than that. You know? Trust is a big issue. The other issue is community. We're here together. We're doing something together. And we've decided that, in a sense, together. I didn't come here because the board said, Rob's going to be here. I came here because you guys voted and said, Rob's going to come here. We make decisions together to work as a community. So part of that is, hey... Dudes, we're in this. We're in this. How's that going to work if we're not going to formalize it in a sense? Last one's the most difficult one. Everybody hates that. But there is a theology of church discipline. It's not easy. It's not used often. Actually, I'd say in this place it's as in New Zealand, it's not used much at all. America, they use it maybe too much. <laughs> um, but church discipline is still an issue. Uh, at one of my old churches, uh, as a small church community, I came on as their youth and worship pastor. And um, the, the guy who was running the youth before me was going through a divorce, a pretty ugly one. It's a small town, everybody knew everything. I had three little kids. It was a pretty sad situation. We, as a leadership, realized very early on that there was another woman involved in this man's life. And so we challenged him. Yeah, we'd been trying to help in all this, and we challenged him, dude, we're trying to reconcile with your wife, and you're off with another woman who happened to be another divorced woman in the church who was one of the youth leaders. Talk about a mess. Talk about politics. Talk about... And, you know, the leadership said, you know, we can't, we can't let this happen. Oh, there's nothing happening. Nothing at all. But, but we know. No, 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 there's nothing happening at all. You guys have got it wrong. Six months later, they were married. And we asked them to leave the church. First time ever I've been part of a church that's asked somebody to leave. Not an easy thing to do, believe me. Not an easy thing to do. But if you choose to be part of who we are in Christ, then, then there, there's got to be some level of understanding that we just don't, we don't accept. We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't judge you on that. But discipline is an important part of our lives. As much as you are holding me accountable, we, the leadership, hold you accountable as well. Family. A good word for his Family. It's part of who we are. And all these aspects of family are an important aspect of who we are. Jonathan Lehman, in his book, wrote this as a definition of church membership. He said, A covenant union between a particular church and a Christian. A covenant that consists of the church's affirmation 
of the Christian's gospel profession, the church's promise to give oversight to the Christian, and the Christian's promise to gather with the church and submit to its oversight. What it is, is terms of agreement. That you would sign up with anything that you do in your daily lives. When you do groceries. When you become a citizen of this country. When you choose to drive a car. There are all these aspects of terms that you, whether you acknowledge it or not, or whether you know it or not, you're actually um, signing up to a terms of agreement. So what does church membership mean for us? From, from our perspective of a church here at Apawa. First of all, it's an affirmation of a covenant. It's an agreement that we make. Hey, this is who we are. This is what we do. You with it? Yep, I am. Cool. Awesome. Then we choose to do this together. I'm not lording over you. You're not lording over me. We're actually working together. Cool. It's an affirmation of a covenant. No different to what God made with Abraham. Hey, dude, I've got this for you. You want you want on board? Yep, here I am. I'm on board. Awesome. Let's do this together. It's also an affirmation of faith. We believe this together. If you read our statement of beliefs as a church, you know, uh, you read it and you say, yeah, I agree to that. We, we agree to this. Now, there are some things I know I say up front here that, that kind of irk you. My, my, my theology might be a bit questionable for some of you. I call those the nitpicking. That's not what we call a statement of faith. The statement of faith is quite rock solid. We believe in Jesus Christ. He is our saviour. Through his death, we are saved. He stands at the right hand of God, intercedes for us. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Trinity. These are basic Christian beliefs that we affirm. And when you become a member, you're saying, I affirm the beliefs, and the church says, we affirm it together. One of the difficulties in a lot of churches, okay, especially Baptist, because it is congregationally driven, very different to other denominations, okay, and unique in a sense. Brethren churches are very similar as well. It's not top-down driven. It tries not to be top-down. Inevitably, when you've got this kind of a situation, leaders lead. But we try to work together. You've got to make sure we're all on the right footing. Are you part of us? Do you believe what we believe? Yes, we do. Hey, cool. Thumbs up. So it's an affirmation for the, the person coming on board and what they believe in. And it's an affirmation of the church that we believe this together. With me? It's also an affirmation of commitment. Commitment from the church's point of view to say, I will, we will commit to helping you grow spiritually. We will commit to looking after you physically. We will commit to fellowshipping and being with you. We will commit to being a part of who you are. And at the same time, the commitment comes back. We commit, I commit to this church that I would seek to be a part of this family, that even though I can't come every Sunday, okay, fair enough, or I can't come to every prayer meeting, or I can't, I will, your mission, vision, goals are part of what I believe and what I want to be a part of. And I will commit to that. I find these things very important. 
I find these things very important because what it tells me is, you know, Scousey, he signed up, he became a member a year and almost a year, two years ago now. It's been a little while. But when he signed up, he said basically what he's telling me and he's telling us is, this is where I am. We believe the same things. Oh, not every little nitpicky thing. I'm called because the next affirmation is an affirmation of calling. I am called to this place. God has called me here. He has made it abundantly clear to me that this is my home now. And I'm not going to go here and there and next week I'll be at another church because I really don't like the programs they have here. But because, hey, you know, through all its faults and through all its downs and its ups, this is my church home. This is where God has called me to work in. It might be for a season. It might be for five years, ten years, two years. We don't know. We don't know that. And there is no time limit on membership. Okay? If you feel that God's calling you on elsewhere, you go elsewhere with our blessing. If it gets to a point where theologically you don't agree, hey, you know what? You guys have gone a little too far here. I, I can't be a part of this anymore. Fine. I'm not going to come running after you with a stick. I wouldn't be running. I'd be driving. But anyway. <laughs> well, after Weight Watchers, I don't know. Um, it, that's not the point of membership. The point of membership is not to lord it over you. And you know what? I've known people who have been in churches where membership has been lorded over them. I, I know them. And I know some people have really suffered because of it. That's wrong. But that shouldn't define your view of membership. You know, there are a lot of husbands out there who don't treat their wives right. There are a lot. But that doesn't make being a husband wrong. Because there are a lot of good husbands out there. It's the same with membership. Just because people have gotten it wrong doesn't mean the concept is wrong. Do I trust this church? Do I trust being a part of it? Has God called me here? Do I believe what they believe? Do I really want to commit to being a part of this place? Whatever that might entail. Now, fair enough, we might not have the bells and whistles that a lot of churches have. But without you people helping us out, we'll never have bells and whistles. And frankly, church is not about bells and whistles. My girls love our house, even though it's a bit of a wreck. You know, I bought a house. Can't believe I did it. Naive as I was. Thinking I could fix anything in this place. Yeah, right. Neville helped me install the door so many months ago. I'm still yet to finish painting the frame. I keep looking at it every day thinking, that doesn't look right. I go in my backyard and I think, hmm, I can mow that lawn. <laughs> Never mowed a lawn in my life, but hey, I'll try it. <laughs> yeah, until you run over, I run over that first large branch that you're not supposed to run over with a lawnmower or falling into that thorn bush, which you never really thought was really going to hurt that much. You know, or thinking, I could just plant this seed and, you know, I'm going to have tomatoes next week. Yeah, ain't going to happen. 
And I look at my house and I think, how in the world am I ever going to get this fixed? Am I doing this right for my own kids or for myself, for my wife? And you know what? My kids don't care. Because it's not the house that makes the family. It's the family that makes the family. (laughs) I had a really interesting discussion this week with someone that none of you know, um, that I've been working with, and he and his wife were really upset because of all these school closures and stuff like that. And I thought, yeah, the government really stuffed up in the way they did that, but what are you upset about, I asked them. They said, well, the school, it's a legacy. And I looked at them and I thought, I don't know about you guys, but when I went to school, I hated it. Because, you know, what? it wasn't the school that made my, my day, it was the school friends that I made. And my teachers were teachers, regardless whether they're in that school or not. And frankly, you need to look at this from a better perspective. In fact, you need to take yourself away from the building or from whatever it is that that legacy may be and look at it from the people point of view. It's the teachers, and they'll teach in a barn. And if they're good, they'll still be good in a barn. And the kids are going to make friends. They're going to make friends in a barn just as equal as they will on a big playground. Right? Because at the end of the day, as much as we do miss the physical things, it's all about people. And that's what drives me, and that's what drives this church, is people. So we may not have bells and whistles. We may have a few outdated buildings. We may have, you know, I don't know, a lot of little things that are niggling at us. But at the end of the day, we have a warm group of people who affirmed to want to be in a part of a covenant with each other who believe in the same things the same basic things who are committed committed to 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 being a part of this place you know whatever that might entail and whatever that might entail for you but know that we're all called to work here regardless of how good it is my house will be a wreck i think for a very long time but that won't deter my family or my love for them or their love for me because whether we like it or not we're called to each other and the same thing needs to be happening in church with me now you might look at me and say well that really still doesn't prove any kind of biblical tie to membership no it doesn't or maybe it does There's one thing that's very strong in the Bible. Jesus didn't need to sign people up. They came and they committed. We don't necessarily need to sign you up. But you know what? In our day and age, I think it would be encouragement for you and for this church to know that you are. Because the way we choose people here in leadership... We require to know, we need to know that you're a part of this place. We need to know that you're actually committed to this place. You know, for us to 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 want to make decisions together, we, we need to know that you're committed. And, and I think that's a fair enough call. I honestly think that's a fair enough call. What do you think? Hmm? There may not be much in the early church to say they had membership, but they certainly had structure. 
And in our day and age, being different from other denominations, we need that structure. So I'm putting a call out to those of you who may not be members. If you want to become a member, I'm going to give you a free lunch today. I'm going to have people who have been members for years. I don't remember if I was a member. Um, did I sign up at some point? I don't remember. Oh, I'll sit in on the lunch and maybe... <laughs> Uh, Hugh, you're a member, aren't you? Why? Well, was I? I don't remember. <laughs> I'll give you a chance to, to have lunch with us today at 12.30. We've got it all sorted out. And talk about what it means for you to be a part of this church. Whether you want to be a part of this church and whether you want to, you know, well, what does it mean, Rob, really, to, to be in a covenant relationship? What does, what does it mean, uh, the affirmation of faith? I've been here a while and I've heard you talk, but... Let's get a little bit deeper in this. Or, I'm not sure about my calling, but, but I'm here. It might take me six years before I make that decision or before God calls me to it. Hey, no pressure. But if you're here and you feel God has got you here for this season of your life, then I challenge you. Come forward. Amen? Amen. I'm going to ask our uh, worship team to come up. We're going to close in song. I always wonder what a sermon's going to sound like when you talk about membership. You think, oh my goodness, is there a Bible verse at least I can work on or a book or something? You know, Jonah's easy. I could talk about a whale and, and all this stuff, but membership, what do you talk about? And it is a difficult thing because other denominations don't do it. But we are slightly different in the fact that we put ownership on you guys about what we do here. You guys are the ones that make the decisions at the end of the day. If you don't like me, kick me out. You know, you can't do that in other denominations. Well, I think there are a couple that you can. But brethren, well, actual brethren don't have pastors, do they? (laughs) But, you know, these are the challenges you face. How and why am I here? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for who you are and um, kind of dealing with these issues, Lord, that, that we might overlook or we might overthought about or we might even have strong views on, Lord, but we just want to lay it at your feet because this is your calling, Lord, and, and first and foremost, being a part of this church is a calling. It's a calling from you. Uh, you are our God and we want to submit to that. Um, we don't want to make decisions based on what we like. It's not, a, it's not a feeling thing or an emotional decision. It is based solely on who you are and where you've called us and for the sake of your name. So we, we, we pray, Lord, that you uh, guide us and lead us in that way and put it upon our hearts. If, if we are committed to this place, if this is our home and this is our church home, then help us to understand what, what that means and, and, and what that entails. And for those who might be thinking today, Lord, I pray you put it upon their hearts to maybe stick around and, and, and it's not just having a free lunch, but also having a discussion, Lord, on, on the issues and and some of the things that are coming to heart. Um, I lift it up to you, Lord, and I pray that you bless us, Lord, and continue to speak to our hearts in these matters. In Jesus' name, amen.